Hey all, John Moncrief here, and welcome to this week's edition of the Freedom Experience, where I share ideas and strategies and, and techniques that can help you to create a more valuable business. Business that brings you joy, and that when the time's right, you can sell at a premium. <laughs> After all, isn't that why we all set off on this entrepreneurial journey in the first place? Well, so it's been a, a busy week. I've been recording a huge amount of, of training material and uh if you haven't already taken a look at that, check out the show notes. There is a free Freedom Experience workshop that's running at the moment. And um, yeah, it, and the business exit formula, the enrollment is uh, is imminent. You should see an email for that shortly if you're on my, on my mailing list, if you're not, get on that. So this week, I'm tackling the question of why I can't rely on my people to run the, my business the way I do. I hear this, this so often, I just can't leave the business, so I can't step away because I can't rely on my people to run the business the way that I do. And um, it's kind of verbalized in different ways, no matter how hard I try to get, or how, try to, how hard I try to let go and how hard I try to delegate, I just can't do that. And the major reason for that, or the, the big thing is that people don't run your business. When you... When you expect people to run your business, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride because sometimes you have really great people and things go well. Other times people don't fit or aren't as good and you feel like you're on this constant up and down. You can't find the right salesperson or you can't find the right software developer. You, you, once upon a time you had somebody who was really good, but you just don't have that person anymore and you haven't been able to find the right person to replace them. The reality is that people do not run businesses. That's the fundamental challenge that you're dealing with. And what you need to do is start thinking about systems because systems run businesses. And then in turn, people run those systems and you lead your people. And I think I've probably spoken about that before on the, on the podcast, but I really wanted to dedicate this one to, to tackling some of those things. Now, if you don't believe me... Um, just step out and visit the world's most successful small business. Uh, and what I'm talking about is, is take the family out for a happy meal. Yeah, you know, I know it's kind of cliche to talk about McDonald's and, and being um, the, the poster child for a systems run business. But the reality is, is that it is. And there's so many businesses that have copied that model where the business is the, the system uh, they're, they're completely systems-based and they're not reliant on people. I mean, if you walk into a McDonald's, here's what you're going to observe. Typically, the owner's not around and most of the people that are employed in the business are teenagers, young folks. Customers are, are fairly happy. The food's consistent, served quickly, and hey, you know, depending where you come from, it's relatively tasty. But how do they do it? How do they get this this right? And how do so many other businesses copy what they do and, and particularly restaurants get it right? Well, if you're asked to look behind the counter, now I know this because my daughter worked for a fast food chain here in London called Etsu, wonderful business, probably a little bit healthier than McDonald's, great food. And first of all, the training that she went through was phenomenal. And she started with Etsu at the age of 16. And I had the opportunity to see some of their sort of station observation checklists. And if you're in a McDonald's and you ask one of the folks behind the counter, if you can take a peek behind there, you'll see these checklists. 
Very simple one-page checklist that are going to tell you about quality. You know, uh, what are your customers' expectations for assembled regular menu products? And they'll give you a checklist, you know, right ingredients, fresh ingredients, neatly assembled sandwiches. They're going to ask, they're going to have something about prep. Are your hands clean? You know, are, you, are you wearing clear white disposable gloves? Are they available? You know, check with the manager that you've actually got these things that the product's within the holding time, that it hasn't gone off. You know, a fresh product is made up of ingredients that are good quality, safe, and within their holding times. So you're gonna have these quality checklists and prep checklists. And then on, on the other side, they've got pictures of the food, what a hamburger looks like. Uh, and uh, if, you were, if you happen to be on my uh, Freedom Experience, you would have seen a McDonald's one there where you've got a pickle and a four shots of mustard and a few shots of uh, of, of ketchup and, and the burger bun. And you actually have a photograph of exactly what goes onto the burger. Um, so it's very simple. And the same applies in hotels. The way, the, way the, the room always looks exactly the same is because the staff are trained to have these one-page sort of process or system or what the room next needs to look like that is very graphical, that is a checklist kind of format. And this is what makes businesses like McDonald's so successful and become known as the most successful small business in the world. And as I said, McDonald's is fundamentally a systems dependent business, not a people dependent business. And that's where your problem lies at the moment. If, if you're dependent on your people, you're going to have this constant roller coaster ride where things are up and down all the time. So you want to move away from that. Now, I can hear you saying to me, but John, my business is not McDonald's. I know, I agree with you. But yes, I was out taking a run, listening to John Warrillow's um, uh, podcast, Built to Sell, and he was interviewing a chap called Greg Alexander. And Greg owns Sales Benchmark Index, SBI, Sales Consultancy. Now, he built the business of 30 employees and 30 million in consulting fees. That's a million an employee. He sold the business uh, for 162 million, roughly 11 times earnings before interest, tax, and amortization. So that's pretty much the bottom line. If you, if you don't know what EBIT is, you're talking about the earnings um, before all your interest, your tax, and your amortization's factored in. So, so gross earnings. And he sold without signing an earnout uh, contract. So no lock-in, no earnout. Deal done. 162 million. And what interested me was he said that we productized our services. So he, when when John asked him what he did differently, he said, well, we productized our services. We were different from every other uh, consultancy, sales consultancy out there. And you can imagine everybody and their brother, every salesman um, who sort of decides that they've had enough of the corporate environment, goes off and becomes a sales coach, a sales consultant, is literally thousands upon thousands of sales coaches and sales consultants out there and then at the top end i guess you've got kind of the mckinsey's and the deloitte's so they position themselves above that that mass of consultants is a kind of boutique area and then at the top of the boutique um sort of boutique consultancies and what they did was they productized their services and they had systems for doing the work and what Greg said was, as they signed a deal, he was a, a he was confident that the delivery team knew exactly what to do. They had the systems to do that, um, and could do it efficiently. So again, while you say my business is not McDonald's, I ask you, 
if somebody like Greg can do that over a period of 11 years, build a business that can sell for 162 million in a consultancy sort of space where typically somebody will say to me, but every customer is different. My, every business is, is different. Sure, they're Every business has something that's unique, but when you look at the services that you provide and you can productize them, turn them into products, and then create systems for delivering those products, it makes your life a whole lot easier and your business a whole more, lot more valuable. So let's talk about designing your systems. And I wanna give you seven steps that you can use to design your systems. And if, if you happen to be sitting somewhere where you can so pull out a notebook or a piece of paper that would be really useful now. Uh, basically, I'll go through what those seven steps are and then talk about them each in a little bit of detail. So the seven things that you got are number one, identify, number two, assign, number three, draft, number four, formalize, number five, test, number six, implement, and number seven, refine. And let's just kind of break them down and go into them. So the first one is identify. And you, you want to start with a list of all the problems that are happening or going on in your business. So if you pull out a diary or a piece of paper or open up a spreadsheet or a Google Doc and you just start to write down everything that's going wrong in the business that you can fix. So where something keeps breaking or just doesn't work properly or you keep having to go and fix it yourself, just start making a list of those things. Every time you find something, add it to the list. Then identify the top priority systems in your business. So for instance, this may be marketing, lead generation. You may just wanna really work on, at some stage, leads were coming in well, then not so well, and it's up and down. Figure out what was working, what works well, and create the system to keep generating that constant stream of leads. So identify the top priority systems. It may not be marketing, it may be sales, it may be somewhere in operations, it may be somewhere in finance, but list out maybe the top five priority systems you need to work on. And select the areas that have the most impact. And then set a goal to fix at least a couple a week. So fix at least a couple of those systems or every single week. And the way you do that so you start by, or we're moving to step number two to assign. So the way you do this is assign somebody in the business who's your systems champion. It's not gonna be you, you're too busy. You want somebody who's gonna champion this whole initiative. So you find your systems champion. And then for each system, you create a little systems team. There might be a couple of people, it might be one person if you're a very small business. Um, and you have that small group of people, that, that team of, two people um, basically start to draft and document the systems, which is the next step. So point those two people, make sure they involve people who work in the area that they're gonna be designing the system for, and make sure they're clear that drafting these systems should take a few hours. Remember, don't get involved in doing it yourself, you're too busy. But you know, the key things is the key thing is a couple of people Involving people in the same work area and drafting the system shouldn't take more than a few hours of their time. So number three, let's talk about the draft process. Basically, good systems are simple. They're like McDonald's or Itsu or a hotel or whatever else. They use checklists, details, pictures, and diagrams, and they occupy a single sheet of paper. That's critical. So when you're giving instructions on what you expect, make sure you... Uh, articulate that you're expecting to see something that is 
very simple, very simple, um, that uses a mixture of details, checklists, pictures if necessary, diagrams, and that is on a single sheet of paper. Once you get that information back, you get to step number four, which is which is formalizing it. And this is where your champion comes in, your um, systems champion. So all everything goes back to the systems champion, not to you again. The systems champion then standardizes what's been given to that person in to a formal one-page system. So really, it's just taking the drafts that have been done and making sure that they comply with the the same sort of look and feel that you want for for everything across the organization. Uh, again, the, using checklists, details, pictures, diagrams, and on a single sheet of paper. And now once it's formalized, you get to the testing step, which is number five. Yeah, five, you now want to check that the stuff works. So have each systems team try out their system. Just go and put it into action, see if it works. Find all the bugs, fix the bugs, and then encourage them to give you recommendations for how to improve it, how to make the system better now that they've tested it. And you want to do this before implementing, imp, ah, before implementing, which is step number uh, number six, the next step. So implementing is all about getting the system into the business. And you know one of the ways that you could do that is really go back to basics and just use a handbook. So you could could buy. Uh, files for each person in the business and just sort of put these one pages into them or you could create a shared space or you could use a, a piece of software for this but make sure that you distribute what is basically your handbook and that you dedicate time to training so the systems teams are out there and able to train the whole organization uh, you could do this at sort of monthly town halls or regular meetings or specific meetings um, that you take the feedback and that you constantly review and, and update the training, which is is really the next step. Um, but as you get feedback, make sure you, you update your fix list and you, you put things onto your fix list where, where things break so that you can ke uh, keep improving overall. And then distribute you know, regular updates at company meetings and, and have systems teams train the employees on site if, if they work on site. So it's really about just kind of getting the system into, into your business. And finally, refine. Check that your, check your systems are actually working. So every uh, few months, every six months or so, just do a check and make sure the systems are running smoothly and everything's working, working properly. Keep on the lookout for things that you can fix. Uh, keep adding to that fix it list regularly and reviewing it regularly and then assigning uh, either uh, the either your uh, sorry you assign your systems teams to to fix and update the um, the the process lists or um, start new systems or, or define new systems and ask for feedback from people all the time keep getting that feedback keep looking for ways to improve so step number seven is just about constantly refining and refining and refining. And do not do this. Do not try doing this alone. Do not do this at home. You will fail. Make sure that you uh, have teams within your organization doing the work and not doing it yourself. So many times, 
I, I talk to entrepreneurs and the first thing I ask them is, have you got processes and or have you got systems in place? And do, yeah, I've got, I've got something, but nobody reads it. It's not implemented. It's not finished. So this is a very simple way of getting this stuff done. And one of the reasons that it's not finished is that you're trying to do it all yourself and just say, yeah, you're going to fail at that. So make sure you, you work with your team to get the work done. Your role is to oversee the process and creation of what is ultimately going to come become your freedom generating operations manual this is what's going to give you the freedom to do the things that you that you want to do to step away from the business it's going to add a huge amount of business, uh, value to your business and when a, when a buyer looks at your business and can see that there are systems in place and the business runs properly you can expect to see a uh, a multiple that is higher than the industry average so you, you know you're thinking about that that multiple that uh greg got greg alexander got for for sbi for for sales benchmark index for his business that was 11 times the uh, the industry average if you're getting your systems right and getting those systems in place you can expect to see a higher multiple so your job will change you're going to go from doer to coach you're going to go from micromanager to leader and that's it for today. I hope you've uh, I hope you found this useful. Uh, thanks very much for listening. And if you've got any questions, just uh, hit, send them over to me. Let me know, and I'll do my best to answer them. I'd love to hear your questions to to add them to um, or to to answer them on this podcast. And obviously, if you if you need some help with this, then um, at the moment I'm running a free workshop called the Freedom Workshop, and it's all about how to create a business that thrives, how about increase the value of your business, how to find that freedom that you're looking for. So I encourage you to sign up for that if you haven't already. And please subscribe to this podcast, follow me, share. Thanks very much.